Hello, welcome back to another podcast episode. I'm JT McPherson, your host, obviously, because I'm the only one that's here. Um, yeah, yeah. So today I'm actually doing a little differently now. Um, instead of sitting on my couch, I'm actually sitting in my chair. Um, I got stuff in the background, so like it's more interesting, more generic, if you can say. Um, so I got my sub count in the background. Hopefully, lay on these podcasts. Um, it grows. Um, so before we begin, um, I'm kind of debating if I should post this on YouTube. Like majority of my artisans, um, audience, audiences are on YouTube, so I feel like I think I should post it so that I can convert them to Spotify or any platform they're more comfortable with, so they don't have to watch it on a TV or phone. Or I should just keep on posting it both on YouTube and Spotify. But I think I have made up my mind, and starting from now on, I'm still going to post on YouTube and also on other sites so I can get more audiences coming in. And also, um, since I'm doing video mode, people on um, Spotify, if they're watching the video, they can see, oh, this guy's pretty cool, so I'm going to go subscribe to his YouTube channel. Um, so am I going to make YouTube videos shortly? I feel more confident, I feel more comfortable, and I feel... Honestly, more intrigued of making a video. Um, I don't think it's going to be really high tech, but I'm going to put a lot of editing into these new videos so I can um, get my editing score up. So anyway, um, yeah, let's just get right into this podcast. Um, I was going to invite some people on, but I feel like these beginning of these episodes, um, I'm thinking I'm going to do a season where I just kind of get in the drift, you know? I'm not really ready to have people on here yet because I'm still working out details, still figuring out what's right and what should I do, and also, like, um, technology, all right? Um, I feel like if I understand how I'm going to do this and if the audio sounds good so it's not all staticky or, like, bad or anything, and then when I get all that stuff down and I feel comfortable having people on here and know what I'm going to talk about, then I'm probably going to do that later on because I want to get all the technical difficulties down and also be more comfortable and open for it and not so, like, stressful and, like, kind of, like, nervous to talk. So, yeah, I'm thinking, um, yeah, soon or later I'm going to have people on here. But, like I just said, you know, I'm just rambling on. So let's get on to this right now. Um, So... I was going to make a video on Logan Paul, but I feel like it's more better, like better if me, if I kind of did um, a podcast on him, because since everyone's doing a podcast on each other, I feel like I should get into it because, you know, I'm generic. So, yeah, um, the start off, we're going to react to his um, uh, apology video. Not really apology video is more like, hey, I'm not in the wrong. Everyone else is in the wrong. So, um. So yeah, let's begin, and I kind of pause it on the way, and check out this bad boy. Boom. Right there in the corner. Um, if it's too small for you, I'm sorry, but this is a lot better for me. So um, yeah, let's, um, let's get right into it. Coffeezilla. I watched her three-part series called Investigating Logan Paul's Biggest Scam, and like many on this platform... 
forum, you have successfully used my name for views and money. While your work used to be impartial, your addiction to clicks has clouded your judgment and you've made very real errors with very real repercussions. Coffee, you took a shot at my reputation. Uh, so in this video today, I'm gonna be defending myself with facts, something that you have gotten in the habit of twisting as you continue to morph from an investigator to a gossip channel. You see, Coffeezilla tried to work with law enforcement in the past, but his work was described as not anchored to truth and often speculative. He is a lopsided journalist with an agenda and he's nothing more than the keemstar of crypto and finance but as opposed to just as a big pretty bold statement to say that but like see like i feel like he's just doing that to um, make people hate him because like oh if i didn't know who coffeezilla was i'd be like oh man this guy um this guy sounds really awful if logan paul is saying he's a keemstar crypto but like, mm, that, that seems like he's just saying that to make people mad at him, you know? It's just a title, you know? It's like calling someone a fascist, even though they're not a fascist. It's like, oh, if this guy's a fascist, I should hate him, you know? Um, just, yeah, I, I, I don't see, I don't really know what he's going at right here. Um, and also, like, CoffeeZilla, it's not really like the Keemstar crypto. He's just pointing out scams. You know, it's not like drama or anything. Like, this guy did this and he's related to crypto. No, he's he's just reporting on what's going on in the crypto world. And, and I'm going to give my um, opinion about crypto. I feel like it's a huge scam. It is a huge scam. And I don't think people should put in their money into it if they don't know where they get into um, I'm kind of just, I kind of like made a metaphor, if you want to call it that, of crypto. I kind of place it as crypto New York, all right? It's a fun place to go if you want to explore and find something there. But if you go in there, you know, not knowing where you're going to go or having basically no knowledge of this crypto New York, you're going to get lost, you're going to get robbed, you're going to get scammed, and most of all, is a dangerous place. But if you have know what you're doing, you actually have years of experiences of going to these big areas that are brand new, you know. And it, you also know what the, like the market is, you know, and you know what to get the stuff at. You're probably gonna get out there big. But still, you know, even if you have all that knowledge, you probably only make a cent of crypto. Um, but I'm not a big crypto guy. But like every time I'm watching crypto stuff. And I have a basic understanding what it is. It seems like people who invest it kind of like get scammed, lose all their money, and the people who um, promoted it come out rich. Um, so yeah, let's just continue on with the video. Telling you, I'm going to show you some of the core discrepancies that I caught in CoffeeZilla's investigation. Coffee, you interviewed the developer who stole the game code, fled to Switzerland, and held it hostage for a million dollars. Well, his name is Zach Kelling. Surely, as the internet detective that you proclaim to be, you would know that he spent time in prison for multiple felonies, one for aggravated robbery, even armed robbery at a liquor then. store, and the other for, surprise, obstructing the legal process. I can see why you kept him anonymous. Who will be calling Z here? I guess, among many things, it doesn't surprise me that he lied about having 30 engineers and a $50,000 a week burn rate. On my end, which side note is how this delusionist landed on the million dollar code ransom, but it turns out he only had three 
engineers. Wouldn't someone with journalistic integrity know their credible source had not only an agenda, but a fondness for orange jumpsuits? See, I'm confused. Because why did Logan Paul didn't know he was a scam artist and a criminal? He hired him to the team to work on CryptoZoo was handling big, large amounts of money. So this guy didn't do a background check to see? <laughs> He's attacking CoffeeZilla because he didn't like go full research about who this guy and who he's talking to. But at the same time, Logan, you did the same mistake. You hired him. <laughs> uh, let's, let's continue watching the video. Or did you just hear what you wanted to hear and moved on? Because even if you're lying to yourself, Steven, you still have to believe. What's this dramatic what music playing in the background? What type of idiot would work with an unsavory individual like Zach Kelling? I guess that's what I get for trusting the team that I relied on oh. to vet and manage Eddie's hiring process. Oh. Who has he doesn't say it's his fault, he, but he it like says, oh, I put this picture right next to my face, so that means I'm at fault. But he didn't really admit it. He just said, oh, it's my fault for trusting people I hired to hire other people. You know, I'm pretty sure if you own a company, you should do background checks for everybody. Even if you have someone that you hire to hire people, you still have that person like say, oh, yeah, I did a background check of this person and he doesn't really sit like feel right or sit right with me to fill in this position. But just like saying like, oh, it's it's I, I I'm so mad because, you know, the people I thought I could trust turn out to be hiring people that can steal a lot of money from people. That's their fault. I'm an idiot for trusting them. You know, like, you're an idiot for trusting... It's, it's, it's so dumb. He's placing it the blame on people, even though this is his operation. This is, like, he's running this operation. You know, even though there's, like, two people running it, it's still his operation, and he should, you know, take full responsibility of people losing their money... And also full responsibility to hiring con artists and criminals into his business. I'm not saying all criminals are bad and they shouldn't be hired. But if you're hiring with a person like he quoted, love wearing the orange suit and love wearing orange outfits, then you should have you should have hired him. All right. In his own words, that the guy loved wearing orange suits. Then you should have haven't hired him, and you shouldn't blame Coffeezilla for not doing a background check because you did the exact same thing. But the difference between Coffeezilla and you is that Coffeezilla was doing it for a video. You are handling tons of money that could be stolen. Yeah, let's let's continue. Turned out to be a professional con man that I have since learned fooled billionaires, the Mormon church, the owner of the New York Yankees, and now me. And surely you okay. knew Emilio, the gentleman who supposedly let his child invest in a cryptocurrency, was allegedly responsible for two rug pulls before you interviewed him. So either you missed that or you knew it and failed to let the public know. Why? Because it was a clear sign that he was also untrustworthy. You seemed pretty excited when the guy told you that he couldn't hatch the eggs. Wait, you can't even hatch? No, I'm telling you, it's just a picture. You're kidding, you can't hatch? You're kidding, you can't hatch? You can't hatch? Uh, yeah, one second of research 
research would prove that to be false as you can definitely hatch eggs and even breed your animals. Click on that. Oh, we got a duck. And as you pointed out in your fine print, cross hatching was available on ETH at one point, but you perpetuated the opposite as truth with your chest out. Basically nothing worked. And by the way, guy, almost all NFTs are just pictures. Oh, it's just a Logan, you shouldn't say that if you're promoting your NFT thing. Oh, it just pitches. It sounds like it's worth nothing. <laughs> oh, you spent all this money on a on an NFT? Guess what, pal? It's just a picture. You know, that's just how he sounds like. And I'm so surprised that he, he's... For the longest time, I always see Logan Paul saying, Oh, NFT is the future. Oh, cryptocurrency is the future. But when he's getting attacked because he was promoting these things, he's like, oh, it's just a picture guy, you know? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know the whole NFT world and stuff, but that seems like, you know, you're just, like, saying it's worth nothing, you know? You, you ain't saying, like, oh, my product, this NFT I'm selling to you that you can get more money, it's just a picture, you know? Like, you shouldn't say that. It's like, oh, it's more than a picture, but looking at this crypto zoo NFT thing, it is just a picture. There's nothing to it. It's just like um, I heard someone says it's like stock images. Okay, let me just go back. Uh, look at that. That looks like a Nat Geo Wild picture. Like someone just took like it, it doesn't look like an NFT to me. What's the um? What's the drawing? Like at least I kind of get NFTs because like. Someone drew them, or someone did, like, a mass CGI or something, you know? But this looks like just a picture, and Logan Paul is just saying, it's just a picture, so why should I put money into it if it's just a picture? So, like, I don't really, I don't really get it, you know? I don't really get the whole crypto zoo thing. And then, like, I guess you can hatch other eggs, and you combine animals to make mutant animals. And I, I saw the mutant animal pictures, it just looked like, Someone, like, attached duck arms to an elephant, you know? Like, it's just poorly photoshopped things, you know? It's ain't, like, creating new animals, you know? Like, it's, like, not like, oh, what would this look like? It's just, like, okay, attach the wings to the elephant because a duck has wings, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, this whole NFT thing. Like, at least I kind of get why. It's, like, kind of like art. You know, like, they're selling it, but it's digital. I, I don't really get why it's so expensive. You know, like, I kind of get that part, but, like, Logan's saying is just, like, it, it, like he said, it's just a picture. So, I don't, I, I don't really get it, you know? So, where am I at? Right? So, why have you allowed the illegal recording of Jeff's phone call with... To get just a picture and surely a real internet detective would not break criminal and civil laws in trying to get information right so why have you allowed the illegal recording of jeff's phone call without his permission and then more like an internet criminal post it online and it was interesting it was like this is wild now although you didn't verify any backgrounds substantiate any evidence took multiple criminals words as truth and broke laws you still published the defamation however unlike you the blockchain doesn't lie 
So let's highlight some things that you did point out. Crypto King Jake stole $6 million. True or not, we had already removed him from the team when we realized he was a bad actor and his motives were purely financial. Conman Eddie, lead developer, stole 1.7 million. True or not, when we learned he was a bad actor as well, he was immediately removed from the team. While myself and Jeff sold nothing and made nothing as verified through investigation and the blockchain. Jeff, Logan's manager, to my knowledge, never sold. Neither did Logan Paul. I repeat, Jeff and I made no money and will never make any money on CryptoZoo. In fact, we only lost money trying to pick up the pieces. As has been the case with people lost of money too, Logan. projects, the space is unfortunately ripe for bad actors to infiltrate projects that start with even the best intentions. Jake the Snake is no longer affiliated with CryptoZoo and we hope the money he reappropriated was worth ruining his reputation. Con man Eddie is being investigated by a higher authority that I cannot speak on. As you can imagine, I was not cleared from legal to discuss much of this including the legal process being undertaken and the criminal investigations going on during the fallout. But I do appreciate you calling out that rats under my nose stole the game code, millions of dollars, and left Jeff and I abandoned with no team and knives in our back. But even after 12 months of work, you've still managed to overlook one crucial piece of information. See, even though I've said it's coming so many times, you've assumed that CryptoZoo isn't being made. Who are you to decide when the development timeline ends? I got everything stolen from me in our community. No, it's sad that, like, he, like, I shouldn't really say it's sad, but, like, you know, yeah, the development of something like this is probably going to be hard when you, everyone you hired were criminals or bad actors, you said. But, like, I... But it's like, it just sounds like I should pity him instead of being mad at him. That's that's what it makes me feel watching this. It's like, oh man, I feel so bad for Logan. But then I realize a lot of people who invested in this lost a lot of money. So like, should I be sad that um, a rich person lost, you know, like, I guess pocket change. I don't know how much money he tried to fix, put it into this. But then there's people... Who, you know, like, for example, me, that don't have that much money, but, like, looking at this, like, oh, man, this seems like I could get rich off of this, and, like, no, I put a lot of money into it, and, like, a lot of investors that were interested in it, now, like, rich like Logan Paul put a lot of money into it, so it seems like, you know, I should be feeling bad for, like, the common Joe, like me, who put a lot of money into this thinking that they might come out rich at the end of it. And then when they find out that all the money was stolen by Logan Paul's employees, you know, I'd be pretty pissed off. And Logan hasn't just said like, oh, I'm sorry. All right. He doesn't apologize for what CryptoZoo did to a lot of people. Yes, it could have worked. Yes, you could have hatched eggs. But still, there's a lot of money that went into it that wasn't your money, and a lot of it was taken away from people, and they haven't got paid back, or just frankly, just have no belief into this, you know? So, for Logan Paul just to sit here and just blame CopyZilla for everything, apparently, I feel like that's kind of, that's a, that's a prick move, you know? That's a scummy move, and instead of, like, acknowledging that he messed up. And uh, and then also saying like, oh, I'm sorry that everyone lost the money. I'm going to try to fix this, you know. He's just saying like, well, CoffeeZilla spread my name for something, you know, it's 
somewhat factual, you know. Um, I did watch Coffeezilla's three pots, and maybe he did believe into the people that were actually the maybe the true villains in this story. Like, you know, without doing maybe a little bit more research on CryptoZoo, but I know is that Logan Paul is not talking... <laughs> Logan Paul! I mean, Logan Paul is not talking about the big thing he's done before CryptoZoo. And it's this crypto thing he's been doing for a while, where he promotes a crypto thing or an NFT project and says, please, invest all your money into this. This is going to be big. And then, and then uh, when it's at the high point, he cashes out and then never talks about it again. And then months later, he talks about a new crypto thing where a bunch of people of his fans put a lot of money into it and saying, oh, you're going to get rich. You're going to get rich. Trust me, this, this is going to be big. And then he pulls out when it gets to the highest point and then leaves everyone with no money. He's missing the big thing What there's actually evidence of him gaining a bunch of money from pushing, like, push-and-shove scams. I don't know what they call it. But it's basically where... It's just like, you know, this new crypto coin, you know, it's going to be big, it's going to be huge, you know, invest all your money, and then what a bunch of people do, and it gets pretty high, the main guy who was saying all that stuff grabs his money, cuts and leaves, and then lets it die. So that's what the whole point was, that Logan was a scam, and this whole crypto thing, crypto zoo, that he's making could be another big scam where he can make it out big. No, Logan Paul um doing the like pushing schemes things. I don't know what the hell they call it, but like he did like make a hundred grand or like like ten thousand above. You know, nothing like a million dollars or anything, but still like that's a pretty scummy thing to do just for like ninety or sixty grand or a hundred grand. You know, like that's pocket change to you. Once again, you're a rich person, basically stealing. The common Joe's money just for a little change, you know? Like, I don't know his whole financial status is, but, like, you know, that's pretty scummy. It's like Elon Musk stealing a lot of money from people, you know? A lot of money to me, but it's not a lot of money to Elon Musk if he's taking, you know, 100 grand or 60 grand, you know? He's a billionaire. Uh, but I don't know the whole Logan Paul thing is. I probably look like an idiot for saying his pocket change. But still, he has a big, he has a company, he has a big platform, he has a big podcast. Why does he need a hundred grand from his fans? You know, like, you know, like countless of other things he's doing, especially CryptoZoo. Why does he need a hundred grand from a scam? You know, it doesn't make sense to me. But who knows? Um, I could be in the wrong. Coffeezilla could be a little wrong, or maybe Logan Paul's being wrong, and he's only pointing out the things that Coffeezilla missed to seem like, oh, you know, um, I'm the good guy in the situation. But let's finish this video. Stop promoting publicly as soon as I knew the extent of the internal issues, took all of the heat on social, and you still published a defamatory hit piece, fully knowing I was innocent, just so you could enrich yourself in your $10 million studio. Sharp, but deeply unethical, dangerously misleading, and illegal. I suggest you use the money you got from pumping your Patreon to hire a good lawyer. You're gonna need it. And maybe we could have talked about this if you had reached out to me, personally. Not my manager, Jeff, who is not me, me, Steven, but the first time you did was on Christmas Eve after you released your series so you could rely on false statements and unreliable people used recklessly. 
The subject line was third request for comment. Yeah, not quite. This will be my third time reaching out to you and your team. The first two times were through your manager, Jeff. The first two times were through your manager, Jeff. Okay, so the last time on Christmas Eve, after the fact, was to me, you have a funny way of twisting things. And I also noticed you left out that part on Twitter. Why hide that? Trust me, CryptoZoo is coming. I will make damn sure of it. And honestly, it sucks that after years of personal reform, going through trials and tribulations and busting my ass to evolve into a person that I can say I'm actually proud of, you led the charge to drive and monetize a narrative telling millions of people that I'm a fraud or I tried to scam my audience. That is patently but false. You did. This video is mainly it's not for my fans the whole and anyone who's on the video. fence that I hope I can help understand like, it ain't a situation the, his, that is tremendously complex. But The whole video is not like, oh, it's about CryptoZoo. It's about countless other crypto things you have done in the past where it seemed like the only person that was making money was you. All right. You know, this video is good. He points out big flaws in CoffeeZilla's theme. But he doesn't go in detail of the three-part series. That's just why I'm kind of going on the video. Because this video is seven minutes long. Seven minutes long. It, that's not enough to cover and prove that you're innocent. Alright? You know? Like, only time you can make a seven-minute video is probably like, Oh, this guy is obviously lying through his teeth. You know? Have all the evidence right here. You know? Type of thing. But you only cover the big topic. You're only cut up talking about basically... Somewhat of you, and then only CryptoZoo. He's making sure that CryptoZoo doesn't go under. And so when investors probably watch this video, it'll be like, oh, all right, okay, I kind of believe in Logan, so I can invest my money into CryptoZoo. So I'm not going to finish the whole video. It's just basically at the end saying, like, you know, um, I'm going to file a lawsuit against CoffeeZilla, all that type of stuff. But, yeah, like, God, I got uh, to move my second monitor. All right. So... What do I think about this whole situation? I feel like it is a pretty dumb that people kind of fighting over cryptocurrency because I feel like cryptocurrency is dumb. But it's obviously in the right. It kind of looks like Logan Paul has somewhat kind of through crypto um, coffeezilla's you know argument a little bit kind of just. Now, breaking that pot, you know, and, like, snipping off, like, the big subjects he was talking about. So, I feel like CoffeeZilla should rework this, make sure everything is factual. When I mean everything is factual, I mean a lot of evidence. Because if Logan Paul can basically snip it, big chunk of your three-part series, that's a big issue. That is a huge issue that uh, I feel like CoffeeZilla should rework. I could be totally wrong. Do I believe in Logan? Kind of. I believe in the things that he actually pro proven, like, proven that these guys were frauds and shouldn't be trusted. But at the same time, you know, sorry. But at the same time, you know, like, why did Logan Paul trust these guys? Why did Logan Paul, <laughs> Logan Paul, Logan Paul put mm -hmm. a lot of his effort into these criminals that he could have Basically, I did a simple background check, and but when he but he failed to, or his team failed, so we should blame his team. You know, none of this is making sense. Um, but 
I could be totally wrong in this, but I still stick the side of Coffeezilla because Coffeezilla didn't just hit CryptoZoo. He talked about a lot of things that Logan Paul has done with pre previous cryptocurrencies that he promoted for a long time and then just dropped instantly when he got his money out of it. So, wrap up this whole argument. Logan Paul did make good points in Coffeezilla's argument that kind of makes you skeptical of CoffeeZilla in general. But at the same time, I've been watching CoffeeZilla's previous videos. I feel like he has a key understanding. Maybe CoffeeZilla got too carried away with um, listening to these people. And since he thought majority, since these people work on his team, maybe they have a reason why, you know, they're stealing a bunch of money. But I feel like CoffeeZilla, like Logan Paul said, should have done more research and make sure that... And he didn't really... He, I think CoffeeZilla should have been more skeptical of these people who stole money from Logan Paul and CryptoZoo. Um, but anyway, I feel like people shouldn't go back to Logan Paul so soon because he still has a lot to um, prove that he's still innocent. And I feel like CoffeeZilla is going to make a rebuttal to this. And finally, it's, it's so difficult because I, I'm so torn, you know. But I feel like you should be skeptical of both parties in this instance. But I am leaning more to CoffeeZilla than Logan Paul. Because, like I was saying, he didn't he didn't apologize for the people who lost a lot of money in this project. He kind of just made a pity party of him. Saying, you know, I'm, you know, you know, you know, everything around me is their fault. But, you know, me, I'm fine. So, yeah. That was a big topic. Honestly, I don't think I could cover that in the video. And yeah, Logan Paul sounds pretty scummy, but I shouldn't really say that. But you know, you know, I've been watching him for a really long time. Bef before the like, well, I was watching him a lot after when you guys act together and he's doing boxing, um, prime energy drinks, you know, the prime drinks, those are really good, and like. Now, it's kind of sad to see somebody that was really proud that he kind of got his act together and he wasn't really, like, you know, prime Logan Paul. But it, see, it seems to me that, like, everyone you kind of put your trust into and kind of look up to kind of fail, fail you in a way, but it could be interpretation bias because you could be like saying like, oh, Logan Paul hasn't done anything bad since the forest or, you know, he has been pretty good of um, making up to people that you can be trustworthy, especially on his impulsive podcast. But at the same time, you know, you could be overlooking things. And then when people actually come out with videos that kind of show the true intentions on the internet, that kind of wakes you up and kind of realize, you know, maybe this guy isn't the best guy on the internet. So hopefully Logan Paul can actually make a longer video instead of on his podcast, because I know he did um, a thing on his podcast. I watch a little bit of it and I feel like I I don't really want to trust those guys on his podcast. The, his um, co-podcasters, you know, you know, like they're really cool people, really nice, but like, you know, the game paid by Logan, you know. You can't really, like, say, like, you know, Logan, I'm pretty sure you're scam artist on that podcast. Um, and also, hopefully CoffeeZilla kind of talks to Logan. I feel like 
that would be really big. I really want to cover that if Logan and Copyzilla went on post because I guess Logan Paul doesn't want to go on his podcast or on his videos, so he has to go on impulsive. But at the same time, I'm kind of worried that's a setup, you know, something like that. Some big guy is inviting you to on his own podcast. That feels like a setup, you know. I feel like it should be a neutral area. Not Keemstar. Keemstar is not neutral, but like something that's neutral, you know. Um. So anything more big is going on? Um. I was gonna show you this um YouTube video um Moist Critical about the whole YouTube changed rules on monetization, but I feel like I kind of know what's going on, so I'm gonna go off of that. Um. So yeah. Um, what's truly going on is that um, instead of 30 seconds of not saying anything bad or rude or harassment level type of stuff on on YouTube to get like, you know, sponsors or uh, monetization, they change that to 8 seconds where you can't do absolutely nothing. It has to be PG. PG. So you can't have GTA in the background. You can't have Doom Eternal in the background. You can't have something that has gore. Um, language or anything or drugs in the background. So eight that eight second thing, you know, has to be clean. People, a lot of people is gonna be like, "Oh, JT, that's not that bad. That's just eight seconds, so you can just wait on the menu screen or just like say, "Hey guys, you know, welcome to the new video." But this is affecting every video, not just the newer videos after the privacy update. It's affecting every video behind that. So even before the people knew it, so like. Just like, for example, Moist Critical, um, he basically lost a lot of monetizations from all his videos because it was before a bunch of privacy updates that prohibited him of swearing or saying stuff in his, at the beginning. But you know, Moist Critical, he loves doing that type of stuff, especially um, Prime YouTube where, um, you know, basically you kind of got, you had free range before, you know, when YouTube got stricter. So all those videos that were making money are now not making money. Has it affected me? No, because I haven't been monetized yet. But like, I still can tell if my videos are monetized or not. But still, this is a really big change. And especially if it's affecting all your videos, instead of just, you know, from now on, just keep it clean for eight seconds. It's now like all your videos are just... Gone. You can't. You can't have any money on them no more. Um, I feel like this is a like a scummy move because you know there's a lot of YouTubers who don't want PG back then, but now they're a little more lenient and don't like start off the video of aggressive. And I feel like that's kind of throwing off audience too. You know, you can start off peaceful and PG, and then you kind of go really dark. I don't know. It's because of kids. You know, but like, still, I feel like the 30 seconds was a lot better than the 8 seconds because those 30 seconds, you actually had the person, but instead of them swearing, it was more like them, but like a little pg uh when they're talking. Instead of like, oh, peachy, rainbow land, and oh, like, Mr. Rogers, uh, uh, Mr. Rogers, you know, come on in to this video. So, like, I feel like people can, like, act all PG and made for kids, and then, like, eight seconds later, they go playing Doom Eternal or GTA, killing a bunch of people, you know? That seems like, you know, that can throw off a lot of people. Uh, but let me just continue on the uh, monetization. Because, like I said, when YouTuber 
when YouTube was less lenient or, or more lenient, that didn't really care what people started off the videos, they would say, hey, what's up, you assholes, or something like that. But now, if someone says that, YouTube is like, oh, that, that's not cool. So, banned. So, you can't get money off that video. But with this new update, I can start off eight seconds fine and all peachy, but then just go chaotic and just uh, play the worst video games and also swear a lot. So like I don't I don't really get I don't really get why this update you know it's like supposed to be you no know, more stricter. It's just more stricter for that eight seconds than you know for the whole video. So I, I don't really get it. Um. So a lot of people will probably be like, uh, who cares, just don't swear, you know? But, like, still, you can't... If you do a Doom Eternal video, you can't start out playing it. Or if you commentary, you can't just start having a violent game in the background with, you know, maybe, like, a game. But, like... But it still seems like if, like, a game is... Like, if it's, like, you know, a plasma gun, you know? It's just, like, a make-believe gun, you know? I feel like that will still be taken down. Because I've been seeing YouTubers... Um, so, like, they start it, and then, like, you know, it, it's, like, I, I, I don't get it, you know, I don't really get it. So, um, yeah, so I feel like YouTube should ch fake, fake, change that, you know. Um, what else I am pretty mad about, um, YouTube? So, um... Mainly the dislike button. I feel like that should come back. Because I don't know if people are enjoying the video or not. I know if you um, you can see your own YouTube channel. You know, saying like, oh, okay, this video is not really popular with people. But also, like, if I'm watching a video about something controversial. Or more like, um, not really controversial. But more like opinion that's kind of not valid. Um, I feel like I want to know what people feel like about the video. So, um, if you have a person, let's just say, like, a person making a bad take on a video game. Now, if I look at the like, I have to imagine what's the dislike ratio. Because, like, I'd be seeing, like, vi videos with a million views, and I see, like, you know, um, 20k likes, you know. But, like, my brain just interprets that is bad. But who knows? People will not like in that video. The like the dislike button could be like three hundred. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. People could love it or hate it. So I'd be like, oh, let's check the comment section. But the top comments are usually pinned or most liked comments. You can't if you click on the newest, you're gonna have the newest low liked um, comments. That's come probably be more negative and like people that you don't really see in the comment sections. You know. More like old people, you know. The newest comments is always that like old person with the phone name in the um, YouTube title and it's just saying like, "Ah, oh, this video is bad," you know. But if you look at the top comments, it's usually a like a pro comment, you know, saying, "Oh, keep up the good luck," and then they like, create, you know. So like, I feel like I'm not getting the true answer to it, and I feel like it's kind of dumb that YouTube took away dislikes. And um, I heard rumors or theories about why they did this. And I'm not gonna state that the factual, but it seems like it's most like it, because the whole you know quarantine thing, there was a lot of mass dislike droppings, not on people, but most likely on typical 
liberal media, you know. So like CNN, um, liberal um, talk show hosts, you know, like all that type of stuff that are talking badly about Republicans or Donald Trump. So they'd be going mass bomb raids, um, dislike button raids, my bad. Um, and especially like for vaccines, doctors promoting the vaccines or videos about COVID. It was a lot of dislikes. And people were saying, well, the companies probably went to YouTube saying like, I hate that my videos are having... Uh, 50 um, K dislikes and like a hundred thumbs ups, you know, like I want, you know, I don't want that. So that's why they kind of disabled it. And YouTube, YouTube just made a dumb excuse saying like, Oh, we don't want to promote bad. You know, we don't want to promote hatred, you know, like, but it's not really hatred. It's just your opinion. <laughs> it's opinion on the topic. You know, this, there's still the dislike button. So you can still mass dislike a video, but people just don't see it. Like, it's dumb, you know? It's stupid. It's still the dislike button right there. You can click on it, but you just can't see it. The content creator will know it. And now, oh, now I can just play off that the video did well. You know, like, if um if I make a popular video and people hate it, I can just say, oh, look at that. People love that video because look at how many likes I got. Two, 20K, and I just don't talk about, you know, the 100K dislike, you know? So, um... Dislikes, I just basically just, I, I don't get it. I don't get why the dislike button is still there if you don't want to show it. Um, how they can really fix that is that, like, if people are intentionally disliking a video because someone told them to do it, you can find the original video where someone said, hate raid this person, you know, like, uh, type negative comments or dislike this video, you know. Then you can deal with that guy not dealing with the whole community trying to express their opinion about the video. So, I I don't, I don't really get why. Because, like, you know, if someone does, you know, do a hate raid against a, a person, you know, the person will still see how much dislikes there is and realize, this sucks. A bunch of people just hate me for no reason. It ain't, it ain't protecting them. It's just protecting, it's just protecting the viewer seeing how many likes there are, you know. Like, that's like the dumbest decision that everyone has made about this. About making people feel better. Um, yeah, um, so yeah, I, I don't really get that. And I feel like I'm worried about YouTube, most likely. I'm worried about YouTube because YouTube, like I said in the previous podcast, has become more corporate. It's become more corporate. It's linear toward corporate businesses. So if you're a big billionaire and to say, you know, I don't really like people talking about me badly. You can just probably pay off someone on YouTube, and then YouTube was just like, ah, pull that video, demonetize this person, and make sure they can never make a YouTube channel. You know, um, and I feel like that kind of sucks for the community because YouTube was meant for people to express their opinions about topics. You know, about video games, or just basically show their life. You know, but if someone YouTube or the career or the life is getting destroyed by a big company, you know, and they express their opinion about it, and the whole YouTube channel gets demonetized, the video gets taken down, can we contact YouTube because, you know, YouTube doesn't want you, to, or YouTube just doesn't really care, and then you basically have no money, you're worried about what you're going to do with your career now, because your career was mostly YouTube. So like it's so it's so easy that YouTube can just take something away from people 
and it's just never talk about it. And then the sucky part about that is that you can't really contact YouTube. I see people getting so frustrated because they're contacting um, the people like, you know, if you get a certain amount of, when you get monetized and you get a certain amount of subscribers, you can get your personal person contact from YouTube, but they can't really do anything. The only thing they can do is like, say like, all right, you know, this video is all right. You know, it doesn't really have community guidelines. So they just basically give you advice. They can't really go up to YouTube and say, this content creator I'm working with is not getting any money. How come, how, how is that? You know, like they can't really do that, you know? And hearing people talk about that, it seems like they're scared or afraid. Like, don't, no hate towards those people because those people are actually caring for the YouTubers. Because people say, you know, every time I hear someone talking about the little, little buddy from YouTube, they always be like, oh yeah, these guys are really sweet. They're really helpful. But when it comes to actually dealing with YouTube, they're more afraid and they, they can't do anything. But I know they would do something if they have the power. But if you contact YouTube, personally, like, email or, like, uh, messaging, you know, it, you just get, like, automatic response. It sounds like a robot is responding to you. Instead of getting a person, because, like, it sounds like you're supposed to get a person helping you. Instead, you're just getting a robotic thing that tells you, oh, um, you violated this community guideline. And then you said, well, no, I didn't because I can prove it to you. I just want money back or I want my channel monetized again. But then they just bring up the same thing they were just talking about two emails ago. So, you know, like the whole state of YouTube is kind of like, it's kind of sucks, you know? Like it's only profiting off the big YouTubers that bring in loads of cash and bring in loads of investors to YouTube. Um, And a lot of people will be like, oh, well, how you fix that? You fix it. Because, you know, I can't tell you. Because it's a big, it's a big platform. You can't revert back to being, you know, not owned by Google. You know, like you can try not being owned by Google and try getting investors. But still at the same time, you have to deal with investors. So you have a big pharmacy firm backing up YouTube, you know, and someone says, you know, something bad about the new product. You can't really let that slide on your platform. You have to. Big Farm is going to say, like, I know I hate people slandering my medicine. You know, you got to stop that. I'm losing profit right now. I'm losing stocks. So then you have to budge by the rules and how they deal with things about negativity to the um, company. Because if you don't, you lose your sponsor. You lose your investor. And that's a big deal because you need the servers running. You need people running. Um, you need departments making sure YouTube's functioning, making sure nothing bad is happening on YouTube. So, like, you know, I get why YouTube is kind of acting like this, more catering to big corporates, but at the same time, you're screwing over people that have been here since day one, who's been supporting YouTube from day one, been backing up YouTube from day one, and all in all, just, you know, and then backing up YouTube. Like I said, and and then you know being screwed over by YouTube because you know they um, had to say something because you know it's been bothering them or it's been basically bothering YouTube channel. I'm not a big YouTuber. You can see back behind me. I only have 73 subscribers. That's not a lot, but that's a lot to me. If I get big, you know, and then I'm worried about is that. 
what I'm seeing right now as a small content creator is that I am getting screwed over as well. Because I'm having trouble getting likes, apparently. Um, I can't really pull it up right now because I don't want you guys to see my personal information. But if you look at my YouTube videos, I'd be like, oh, this video has 30 likes. or And this video has 100 views, you know. It has good good view amount and good like ratio. But then I go to the next video, it has the same amount of views, but no likes. How come is that? The only like I have is from my channel because I usually like my videos on my channel. So, like, w what's going on with my likes, you know? Um, sometimes I like with my other um, accounts, but, like, still, like, why am I losing likes, you know? Um, I want to upload a video, I get, like, three likes, you know, somewhat instantly because there's a bunch of people that uh, I know that usually watch my videos instantly. But then next thing you know, I have zero likes on my profile until I get one like from my YouTube channel when I like it. It's confusing. It's dumb. Um, I don't know if this is a glitch or um, YouTube algorithm thinking that I'm just like having bots or something. I don't know. Um, if there's any way I can fix it, I, I wish. I wish I can contact somebody. But like I said, I'm a small content creator. Um... Yeah, so I think that was a good topic. Uh, hopefully, you guys kind of get understand my point of frustration with YouTube and how it's catering with big corporates. Um, yeah, I think I'm good with this podcast. Um, I hopefully everything's working out on you guys' end. Everything's going good. I hope I'm sounding better. I'm less nervous, but you probably can hear me being nervous at some points and getting a little distracted. So I'm sorry about that. But anyways, thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And please follow me on Spotify, Pandora, or Apple Podcasts, all those sorts of stuff. I'll be linking it in the bio. And hopefully you guys have a good day. And I hope this podcast suits you well. See you in the next one. Bye-bye.